Last week, the Texas House of Representatives killed an effort to bring school choice to Texans. On this week's episode 153 of the Liberty Cafe, we'll talk about why killing school choice was actually the best thing the Texas legislature could have done when it comes to public education and liberty for Texans. Welcome to the Liberty Cafe, where oppression is on the menu. Hi, this is Bill Peacock, and welcome to the Liberty Cafe. It's a blessing to have you here this week with me, and I hope that you're having a blessed Thanksgiving week, maybe getting a little bit of time down and and more time with your family. It's also, of course, a blessing to be sponsored by Texas Scorecard. It's a great organization. It's a great place to go find out about the fight for liberty here in Texas, whether it's out-of-control school districts or out-of-control local governments or out-of-control state governments. I mean, it's all right there, and they're doing a good job of informing us and helping us know how to take on the battle for liberty and take it to those who are ruling over us. Well, a lot of people were upset last week when the Texas House of Representatives killed the, the school choice education bill. It was... A lot of things were in that bill, but the two big things in there were was school choice and a massive increase for public education. And most of the upsetness about this whole thing, but not all of them, came from school choice supporters. And, and I, I get why they're not happy about this thing, but it, but it really seems to me, if you look at the whole complete picture, is that the supporters of school choice had really agreed to a Faustian bargain. They were getting a little bit of something and giving up an awful lot, and it wasn't going to go good for any of the goals I think that they had in mind over the long run. So let me explain just by looking at these numbers real quickly. So if you look at the, there, there were, there was a House bill, and that's the one that died in the big uh, floor debate last Friday. And then there were also two Senate bills. So I'll look at at the two that those two separately. So let's f- look first at the House bill. There was money to be spent for school choice, and there was money to be spent on expanding government schools and the government school bureaucracy. And there was a lot of stuff going into the into that side of the thing. But just let's look at the numbers in the House bill, for instance. In the first two years of the bill, there was only going to be 461 million dollars spent for school choice. On the other hand. $7 billion were going to go towards public education. This would have been teacher salary increases and massive amounts of spending on a bunch of different programs, increases at the Texas Education Agency, all these kind of things. More regulations on, on private schools that wanted to take part in this uh, school choice experiment. Uh, the, the bureaucracy was going to greatly increase. Government spending on government schools was going to increase. Yet for all that, we're only going to get half a million, half a billion dollars for school choice. Over the, the five, first five years of this bill, and this is what the fiscal note for the bill from the Legislative Budget Board showed, $29 billion for government schools and public education, $6.7 billion for school choice. So literally $23 billion more 
for government schools than for school choice. I don't think it was a good deal. Now, over in the Senate, it didn't have one bill. There was one bill for school choice and one bill for government schools, public education. It was not quite the same amount of money going into government schools in the Senate, but still an awful lot, particularly compared to uh, what was going on in the uh, in the school choice. So for, for school choice, for the first two years of that, the Senate bill, $500 million. For um, government schools, it was going to be $5 billion. So 10 times as much money going into public education as for school choice. Over the five-year cost of these bills, about... We don't know exactly how much it was going to be for for school choice because they only appropriated enough for the first year or first two years, and then there was nothing after that. And so it could have been zero. It could have been five hundred million or more. But I'm just going to go with the five hundred million dollar figure per year. Two billion dollars over five years for school choice for for public education. Fourteen billion dollars. Again, a wide disparity between the two things. So. It just wasn't a good bargain for folks who were going into school choice, who wanted school choice. It was a bad idea. But but they weren't the only ones who weren't happy about this, right? You know, so there was one opponent of school choice, Huffman ISD, and that's near Houston, Superintendent Benny Swallow. And he said he wasn't happy about what happened either, although he didn't want school choice. He said, unless and until we address the funding needs of our public schools, vouchers should not be the driver for school funding. Well, I've got two thoughts I'd like to share with you on that. The first is that school funding has been addressed and addressed and addressed again over the years. The funding needs have been addressed. He's just not telling the truth about this. to, to, to make the how I mean, to the point that, you know, this school funding has been addressed so much that it's making housing unaffordable for many Texans who are struggling to pay their property taxes. And I would guess that's pretty much all of us who are struggling to pay our property taxes at one level or another. And it's also breaking uh, the Texas budget. You know, we, we spend between public education and higher education, almost 50 percent of the state budget goes to education. And so our taxes are just going higher and higher at the state level, as well as at the local level, to pay for all this. And let me just run over some numbers here. So school expenditures from, let's go back to 2012 and 13, $53 billion spent on public education, or actually public schools spent $53 billion, $53.3 billion back in 2012 and 13. For 2021 and 22, that's the latest school year we have the we have numbers for, 84.8 billion dollars. That's a 31.5 billion dollar increase over a nine-year period, an average increase of 5.3 percent every single year. And we do the, we can do the same thing. Just look at property taxes because property taxes fund. Uh, depending on what year you're looking at. But again, they fund about half of, of public education spending. The other half comes from the state. You look at the spending or the property taxes over that same period of time, back from 2012 to 2021. And what we have there is an increase of um, 
$15.8 billion over that time, 6% annual increase. And you can see that's almost exactly one half of the overall increase in, in spending on public schools, government schools. So the, the money just keeps going higher and higher and higher and higher. And yet that's not enough for them. They demand more before they'll give us anything for public education. And so like we're having to do this, this payout, you know, this kind of bribery to get them to do this. And unfortunately, that's what we see going on here. And this is my second point on this, is that that's what we see going on here when it comes to our Republican leaders in Austin. They seem to agree with, uh, with uh, Superintendent Swallow that we've got to pay out more money for public education and government schools before we spend serious money on, um, on school choice. And so here, here's, a, here's a press release from, I'm going to read it at length here from Dan Patrick, because I think it really helps us uh, understand the, the mindset of our Republican leaders in Texas. Here's what he said. Texas should be paid, tech, teachers should be paid as professionals. It's not just a job. I value teachers and have led the way on teacher pay increases since becoming lieutenant governor. This session, the Texas Senate passed a bill that would increase rural teacher pay by $10,000 due to the wage gap between rural and urban-suburban teachers. Urban and suburban teachers would receive a $3,000 raise on top of the raise they received in 2019. In the 2023 regular session, we provided a $5 billion stipend and cost of living increase for retired teachers. We gave retired teachers 75 and older a $7,500 stipend check, and those under 75 also received a payment. I wrote that bill with Senator Joan Huffman with input from Tim Lee of the Retired Teachers Association. The Senate led on that issue. There's all kinds of things we could say about this, but you can see one of the problems here is that Dan Patrick and Joan Huffman and others are writing a bill based on input from Tim Lee of the Retired Teachers Association. I, my, my guess is I doubt they talked to many taxpayers about whether the, we supported uh, giving $5 billion to retired teachers. You could also see a problem here. He talks about this wage gap. First of all, wage gap is a leftist term. It's a left-wing type of term. Wage gaps between men and women or rural and suburban, rural and urban, those types of things. When you talk about wage gaps like that, it's always trying to equate things that shouldn't be equated. And, um, and here's the same thing, because why do teachers in rural districts get paid less than they do in, say, Houston or Dallas or Austin? Because it costs a lot more, for one thing, to live in Austin or Dallas or Houston than it does out in cut-and-shoot Texas or way out in West Texas in, in uh, one of those uh, rural, very rural West Texas counties where not a lot of people live. It just costs a lot less out there, and you can run a school district for a lot less because the cost of living is less. So they shouldn't, so rural school teachers shouldn't make as much generally as an urban school teacher. And so you see some of the flaws with what Patrick says here. But here's really what I'd like to focus on. Patrick went on to say in his press release, Education is our biggest priority. The Bible says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Our heart is in public education. 
Well, you know, I actually believe Patrick when he says this. I don't think he's being disingenuous with us. The problem with what he said, though, is that his heart is simply in the wrong place. So just think about this. Let's look at the, the numbers on some things. This year, the Texas legislature provided property tax relief totaling $12.8 billion. They tried to tell you it was a lot more, but it, it wasn't. It was $12.8 billion. And if you add up all the increased spending or attempted increases in spending that they've, they've put towards public education this year, you get to about $14.9 billion. So what we see there is the legislature has put more into increasing education spending this year than in providing property tax relief. I suggest that means that their heart is in the wrong place. They could have more than doubled the amount of property tax relief that we Texans received, but they didn't. Why? Well, because Dan Patrick and Greg Abbott and most Republican politicians' hearts are in public education rather than reducing property taxes. And why is that? Well, I can only speculate on that, but I would suggest that it's because they're more concerned about keeping the public education lobby happy than they are about keeping taxpayers happy. And we might speculate beyond that, and I, I've heard heard this from people who have some some close contacts with some of our leaders in the Capitol, and, and they say one of the reasons this is the case is because they think that as long as they keep spend, spending more money on public education, that'll help keep Republicans getting elected in office. And they think that's more important, keeping the education lobby happy and getting them reelected than, than cutting property taxes for Texans. They obviously don't think that's as important when it comes to getting them, uh, keeping them elected. Now, of course, not all. Republicans in Austin or around Austin um, have that problem. For instance, my congressman, Chip Roy, who used to live right here, and he still, uh, he still uh, represents a lot of some of the Austin area from here up in Washington, D.C. On Twitter, he said, of course, the best way to get school choice and freedom in Texas is to fight for it, not to try, buy, not to, try to buy $500 million of partial choice with $25 billion to Big Ed. I think he's got that exactly right. Again, you know, we don't need to pay bribes to public education, to big education, because it's not going to work for them, for one thing, because however much we give them, it's never enough. The full funding for public education is always going to be more than they have currently. And you can see how we've spent more and more, billions and billions more over, well, since Dan Patrick admitted, over the course of his lieutenant governorship, and it still hasn't slowed him down. They still want more. So it's not going to work. Here's State Representative Brian Harrison saying much the same thing. He wrote also on Twitter, school choice must pass in Texas. But, he says, it needs to be done without sacrificing conservative principles. And it should be truly universal. This can be done. Unfortunately, the Texas legislature's House bill so far have not achieved this. 
in a future podcast, I'll go through what I think a good school choice bill would look like. For now, I'll just say that it should be based on two key premises. First, it should be funded by tax credits, not tax dollars. And second, that for every dollar that follows a student into private schools, government schools should get one less dollar. And until we get a bill along these lines, especially one that doesn't include billions of dollars of payola for public school, the public school lobby, I'll be happy to watch all of these other bills die. Well, thank you for joining me this week on the Liberty Cafe. It's been, uh, like I said, a blessing to be with you again. And uh, also really just thanks once again to the sponsors of the Liberty Cafe, Texas Scorecard. Thank you for listening to the Liberty Cafe with Bill Peacock. This show is produced by Texas Scorecard. You can learn more about this show and find other shows at texasscorecard.com. Be sure you subscribe and rate this show on whatever platform you listen on. See you next time.